I was um, confident in my ability to help people and I kept going. And this year, things really kind of, um, you know, blew up for me and, and things got really busy and, and in a good way. And I started to see a lot of success. So even though the market's down this year, I'm seeing my best year ever and, um, you know, doing really well on, on that level. So that's kind of my journey, how I got to where I am today. Welcome to the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of the local real estate market. Join us as we chat with industry experts, uncovering tips, trends, and strategies to help you navigate Maryland's real estate landscape. Get ready to elevate your real estate game. Let's dive in. Hi there, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in again to Maryland Real Estate Influencers. Thank you so very much. I've got a treat for you today. Um, Matt, thank you so very much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I am super appreciative of you um, attending. Thank you, Jennifer. I really appreciate you inviting me on here, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about real estate. Absolutely. So, Matt, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, who you work for, what kind of company, and what got you into the business? So, um, let's start from the beginning. So, I um, first got my real estate license with no intention of being a realtor. Um, I, I had every intention of buying and selling houses for myself. I wanted to be an investor. I had bought my first house and I thought, hey, I could do this. We should, um, I wanted to buy some more to, to have some rental properties. And then when I started doing that, I, you know, I had a friend here and there say, hey, I'm, I'm buying a house. I heard you got your license. Can you help me out? And so I did. And I'm like, well, I kind of like this. This is kind of fun. Um, I enjoy kind of giving that knowledge to others. Um, but I was still doing it part time for a while. I was uh, working at a school. I was a high school guidance counselor, um, a job I liked very much. Um, you know, I enjoyed working with the kids. I enjoyed the teaching aspect of it and um, helping people, you know, kind of things that are surprisingly similar in the real estate world. And then um, after doing that a number of years, the uh, pandemic hit. And we all got sent home. I was sent home. And let me tell you, not a lot of kids want to be counseled by their guidance counselor or their school counselor over the internet. You know, I tried, I would call them. So I had some time on my hands, to be honest. Um, and I said, you know what, let me try to put some more energy into this real estate thing. Let me see where it takes me. Um, let me start to kind of put my name out there and to follow up more with leads and, and really kind of put some energies into it. And I started to get busy. I mean, as you know, the whole market started to explode and I started to get very busy. Um, and then we went back to school. And then I was trying to keep up that level of production while working full time out of school. Um, and it got to the point where I had to make a decision. Basically, mm. I had to go one way or another because I was, you know, doing school all day and then I was immediately going to showings and I had closings and inspections. And some nights I would get home and I hadn't seen my kids, you know, and that's what really hit me was I would get home, the kids were already asleep. And I'll say, wow, I didn't see my kids today. You know, I, I went a whole day without seeing them. Um, it's not like I was on vacation or I was on a work trip somewhere. I um, just didn't have a chance. And at that point, I said, you know what, this isn't going to work for me. I need to make a decision one way or another. Um, and with my wife's support, she said, you know, you seem to really like this real estate thing. You're good at it. Like, um, and we, we had several discussions and made, finally made the decision like, hey, let's try to go all in on this and see what happens. Um, you know, if I kind of leave the school school system behind, which was a tough thing because I had healthcare taken care of. I had um, dental, I had a retirement plan. I had days off, um, you know, built in. I had all these things that you get with that type of job that I was totally leaving behind. And my wife didn't have all insurance either. We had to buy private. So it was, it was not an easy decision. Um, and then we finally made the leap. 
Um, and this was last year, you know, about this time on July 1st of last year is when I kind of made the, I made the decision earlier in the spring, but that's when I actually left for good. Um, and at that time, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going full-time and immediately I'm going to have all this success and sell tons of houses. Well, guess what happened a month later? The interest rates skyrocket, <laughs> double, um, and everyone I'm talking to says, ah, I'm not going to buy a house anymore. We're going to wait or we're, you know, we're not going to sell. So it kind of grinded to a halt. And I remember thinking, I, there was a, several times where I was like, man, I made the wrong decision <laughs> at this time. Bad, you know, I didn't see it coming, but it was bad luck. I, I shouldn't have done this. Um but, but I kept grinding, you know, I kept working at it. I kept working on my, you know, as they call it, the sphere of influence and reaching out to people and developing leads and um, all the things. And I just kind of, you know, put the excuse to the side. It'd been easy to say, oh, the market stinks and that's just going to be it. Um, you know, and that, that's it for me. Let's go back to school. But I said, you know what? There's still people buying houses, still people need agents. Um, why not me? Why can't I be that guy for them? Um and, you know, I kept putting my nose to the grindstone and, and kept working at it and kind of ignoring that. You know, I, I just kind of took it out of my mind, like the excuse part of it and just saying people need to buy and sell. I'm going to be the person for them. Um, and, you know, let me show them what I know and, and show them my knowledge and, and how I can help them. I mean, I've been doing real estate 10 years, even though it was kind of part time at the beginning. I've been doing it a long time and I had bought and sold a lot of investments and things like that. So I was um, confident in my ability to help people and I kept going. And this year, things really kind of, um, you know, blew up for me and, and things got really busy and, and in a good way. And I started to see a lot of success. So even though the market's down this year, I'm seeing my best year ever and, um, you know, doing really well on, on that level. So that's kind of my journey, how I got to where I am today. Um, and wow. I still really enjoy you know, working with people and helping people, just like I did when I was a counselor, um, working people, helping people, teaching people, you know, a lot of real estate is teaching. Like I teach people about loans. I teach people about investments, about house construction, about um, different things that they should know about how offers are structured and which ones are accepted and which ones are not and why, and and giving people that knowledge so they can really make informed decisions and, and do what's best for them. So it's very similar to what you're used to doing, uh, just with a different uh, subject matter. Oh, yeah. Very different. I love that. I love that. So when you're saying you're having your best year ever, uh, could you go into those numbers a bit for us? Yeah. So year to date, I'm um, a bit over 13 million, um, around 13 and a half, um, if you include a, you know, a couple of double-sided deals. But um I, uh, you know, at the end of this month, I'll be over 15, you know, and, and last year I was around eight and a half. So I was about half of where I am by the end of this month, you know, just a year ago. Um, so things have really kind of grown, you know, really gotten busy this year for me. And, and a lot of that is having great team support, a great brokerage behind me, um, being able to foster that growth. Okay. Well, why don't you talk about the brokerage? Who do you work for? And yep. uh, what do you do on your team? So I am a part of um, Next Step Realty, um, which is kind of about, you know, I would say 120 to 130 agents, um, kind of all over Maryland, our main office in Timonium. We also have offices in Fells Point, Columbia, Annapolis. Um, so we're kind of like a local, but we're big. Like we're big enough that we've got reach everywhere in Maryland. We've got some really highly successful agents. Um, so we've got a really good backbone, but we're not these national brands that have, you know, the name recognition all over the place. Um, 
And and I really like that about them. I like that they're they're small but big at the same time. You know, doing mm-hmm. a lot of business, but in a in a more family, you know, friendly or you know, smaller environment where I trust you know all those other agents. We work together. We try to help each other. We've got each other's back. There's no competition between each other. We we've got enough other agents to compete with. Um, to, to go into. And within the next step realty, I'm a member of the elite partners. Um, okay. We are the small team of about nine or 10 agents. Um, uh, I looked successfully. So I joined them from the start, you know, basically when they were forming, I was a part of that with um, Brian Schaefer and Kristen Galantes. And then, uh, you know, Courtney Zettelmeyer came on board. Um, so we have a, a team of really top agents. Um, we want to keep it that way. You know, we're not just letting in any old agent who wants to be a part of our team. It has to be someone who knows what they're doing, who fits our vibe, who's doing things the right way. Um, those are the kind of agents that we're looking for. And the thing I love about our team is, again, there's no egos, there's no competition. We're all in it together. Um, your name goes on all the signs, no matter who you are on the team, your name goes on all the deals. There's no, I'm part of the Bob Smith team or what, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, you're not under someone. You are an integral part of the team. You're part of the decision-making, um, and you're, and everything we do as a team is to help promote you as a person, as opposed to promoting the team leader, um, whatever their name is. So, you know, it's, it's really a different vibe than, than I've been used to in the past. Definitely. Uh, so when we look at your, let's just say your daily success plan, mm-hmm. is it something that you do yourself or is this something that it comes down from your team leader on how to focus out your day, how to plan out your day? So it kind of comes the... The plan comes from me, but the guidance comes from the top down. So basically, okay. when I, joined, I remember I had um, meetings with the owners of the brokerage, I mean, my team leaders, and I told them all the same thing. I said, look, I'm leaving a job that I really love. So I have no, there's no choice but to be successful. I'm going mm. to be successful at this, you know, because I made this decision, so I'm going to do it. So how do I get there? So I went to the, you know, the top agents in our, in our team and the top agents in our brokerage and said, what what do I need to do? What is making you successful? What can make me successful? And they gave me that you know that guidance. And they gave me suggestions. And they gave me the tools um, to to do that. And you know I took that a lot of the stuff they were suggesting. I put my own twist on things. I had my own ideas as well. So it wasn't like you know I'm just taking their formula and using it. It's like I'm taking their formula, adding in my own twist, and kind of coming up with a hybrid. And and doing it. So I That's certainly fabulous. have the guidance in order to be the best that I can be, but there's no, you know, no forcing of that. There's no, you know, them saying you do this or this, or you're going to be this, you know, or this is what you have to do each day. It's no cater your own plan, but here we're going to give you the tools to make sure you're successful. And, you know, whether that's the the CRM or the advice or the, um, you know, the the organization, the support, the transaction coordinators. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it. The marketing has been, you know, superb too. So there's a lot of different features that have helped me be successful, um, you know, from the top down. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. So when you're talking about having your best year ever, how do your numbers break out? So how much of that business is based on your sphere of influence, past mm-hmm. clients, referrals, uh, friends, family, coworkers, and then leads of any sort that's a great question i mean i have to sit down and actually like break it out um 
but I would say, you know, about a, a quarter is probably coming from uh, leads from Zillow. So I, I, we, you know, our team is a part of Zillow and we get Zillow leads. Um, but from that, I have been able to get other leads, whether it's, um, you know, friends of theirs or family of theirs or kind of using those to, to bounce off into others. Um, I would say another quarter is from friends and family, people I know, people that are seeing my success. When I say seeing my success, you know, putting on social media um, posts and really kind of sharing my successes, people see that and they, and people always want to be a part of that and they want to use the agent that's that's successful and good and, and confident and, and all those things. Um, so I've had, you know, quarter friends and family, a quarter, let's say, were referrals from those friends and family or from past clients or um, different things like that. And how many quarters? That's three quarters. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, <laughs> another quarter is, you know, past clients are using me again. You know, I I hope to have 100% retention when it comes to past clients that they say, yeah, that Matt, Matt did a great job. I want to use him again. Um, and everyone's going to, you know, the average person buys a house every like five to seven years. So I hope that they are going to remember me and call me up. And I'm starting to get that. You know, like I said, I've been doing this 10 years. So I'm starting to get those repeat clients. Uh, show up and that takes time to develop but um starting to see that success there that's fabulous now what are you doing to stay in contact with those past clients um so you know there's a ton of different crms out there we have one called follow-up boss that okay. um, helps you kind of stay organized with contacting them all but the the key is not to just contact them and say hey you're buying a house like there that's that's not going to work um people get annoyed by that they're going to start ignoring you the key is to more naturally reach out to people. And the funny thing is at first, I'm like, man, this is going to be tough. I'm going to be forced to call my old friend I haven't talked to in two years. But then you kind of change your mindset and realize like, I really do want to talk to some of these people. Some of these people I haven't talked to in a couple of years. Some of these people I enjoy catching up with. And I'm not even thinking about real estate when I'm talking to them. I'm just talking to them about their kids and their family and where they're living and, and what they're doing and kind of catching up with people um, in a more natural way. And I, and I truly enjoy that. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of client events too. And I like to reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to see you. It's been a while. We're having this great client event. Um, you know, there's client appreciation or we do some parties at different parks and things. Um, it's a great way to kind of connect with those people and, and rekindle those friendships, rekindle those bonds and not even bring up real estate. And I'll tell you what happens is 90% of the time they bring up real estate to me, not the other way around. So they say, what's going on in the market? Or what do you think I give my house? Or what do you, you know, I just saw this house down the street go for sale. What do you think of it? So they 90% of the time bring up real estate to me, knowing that I'm in real estate and knowing that I'm doing it um, because everyone's interested. It's a topic that everyone really enjoys talking about, especially if you own a home, um, even renters too, but you know, they love seeing the market trends and and what things are worth and equity and, and loans and all that stuff. So it kind of happens naturally, but you don't want to go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to just work the phone and say, do you have anyone who needs to buy a house? Do you need to buy a house? Do you need to see this? Because I find that's insincere um, in addition is, you know, can be kind of annoying to them. So to me, it's all about having that natural reasons to reach out to people. If I see anyone who's had a baby or gets pregnant or goes on a cool trip, I love to reach out and say, hey, how would the trip go? What, what's going on with your, I just saw you had another baby. What's the name? What What's going on? And and start it like that. And then people, um, you know, remember who you are and think of you more often. And when their neighbor the next week says, hey, I'm looking for a realtor, they go, wow, I just had a great conversation with Matt Mandel the other day. And then all of a sudden, they are then, you know, having you, as we call it, top of mind. That's the word we always use is keeping yourself top of mind of those people. 
That's fabulous. I love hearing that. So you're utilizing the your CRM completely. That's something that you're in every day and you make your notes in that and you follow up with your notes. Yeah. I mean, some days I'm better than others. I wouldn't say every single day because sometimes I'm, I'm on the road or doing things, but most days I try to get in there and see, okay, who haven't I contacted for a while? Who's on my quarterly check-in list? Um, who are my current clients that I'm actually working with that maybe need a check-in, haven't seen a house in a few days, or just might need someone to touch base with them. I love that. I love that. In the in the midst of all the chaos that's happening in our industry right now and the, the negativity on the news, how do you keep a positive mindset? How do you ignore uh, what they're blaring on TV? And how do you turn that that what you hear off and turn it into a positive spin and be able to be productive during the, your work day? Yeah, I mean, what I mentioned before is you got to ignore it. I mean, there there's going to be ups and downs in any market in any field, um, and feeling sorry for yourself is not going to not going to help at all. Um, and you got to realize like people are still going to buy and sell. People still need to move. People still have babies and need bigger houses. People still want investments. Um, that's always going to be there. Now there's going to be less, but there's still going to be a number of people out there and people you know who are going to be doing those things. Um, so the key is to almost shut it off and ignore it and, and kind of move forward, but also like use the information to um, make sure people's fears are, you know, are, you're talking through those fears because- yes. you know, when I talk to a buyer, you know, they're they're like, oh my God, the interest rates are so high. And maybe I should wait, maybe I should do this, maybe do that. And I say, hey, let's let's look at some market trends and let's talk about it. If the interest rates go down, what's going to happen in the market? What's the demand going to be like? What's your competition going to be like? Um, let's talk about refinancing. Let's say you're you're upset with your high interest rate. You know, what is a refi? Because a lot of people don't even know you can. I, I talk to buyers and they have no idea that you can just refinance a loan and get a lower rate. And then they think, oh, that's got to cost tons and tons of money. And I say, okay, it, it costs a little bit, but you can roll that into your loan. You don't even have to pay it out of pocket. And when people hear that, they're like, oh, wow. So it costs me nothing and I can get a lower rate and a lower payment. I said, yeah. Um, and and my hope is in the next couple of years that will happen, but I can't guarantee it. And I'm, I'm careful not to guarantee things because- of course. You know, if people could predict stuff as well as they think they can, um, we'd be a lot more billionaires out there because everyone before 09 would know this crash was coming and and start doing things differently. Um, Much you know, differently, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm careful to, to be clear with people. I said, look, this is, you know, and I'm genuine. I'm not, this is what I truly believe. Um, I tell every one of my clients I would never follow, give you advice I wouldn't follow myself. So these are the things I truly believe. And I tell them, look, you should be buying houses right now, even though the rates are super high, because when they drop, prices are going to go higher and you're not going to want to compete against everyone in the world. There's a ton of people right now who are waiting on the sideline for interest rates to, to drop. Um, so for example, I'm house sending myself all the time. You know, I'm looking for my next investment and I'm not going to let the interest rate or the market trends really dictate. If I find a good deal, I find a good deal. I'm not going to wait or because most time when people wait they end up waiting themselves into more money i've I found that in the past you know i had a client yeah, several clients i can think of in like 2019 were like oh i'm gonna wait till the market goes down wait for the market goes down it's gone up 20 percent since then i mean it's gone up um, yeah. astronomically and they've waited themselves into another 100 grand um yep. and i'd say do you want to be that person or you want to be you because know, over time you know there's ups and downs the trend is always going to be up you know, with inflation and with, you know, the limited resources we have as a society, a limited amount of land and houses and all that stuff. 
um, things are going to always trend up in the in the long. You just got to zoom out a little bit. So, do you want to be caught there waiting while you're giving up years of appreciation? You're giving up years of paying off your principal and 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 stuff like that. So, you know, you, you have to understand the fears, people, why they have them. I I totally get it, and I um, empathize with those people. And then I try to explain, um, you know, the pros and cons of making different moves and. Yeah. Just educating them on because their fears are coming from lack of knowledge and yeah. your fear can help them or not your fear, pardon me, but your information can provide yeah. them to kind of maybe take that fear away that it's not something to be afraid of. Let's just work out the numbers. Let's know what we're talking about so that you get comfortable in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, the example that you show, I can't tell you how many people that I spoke with that were in that same thing that are now looking at a house $100,000 more expensive. Um, now your payments a hundred your your payment is several hundred dollars more expensive too, um, just because they didn't start looking and wanted to wait it out, um, thinking it was going to change and thought that those you know two nine nine rates were going to be around forever. Yeah, um, I mean, in general, people who try to time the market. It's a very tough thing to do. It um, is. There's a lot of luck involved, and I say when you're ready to buy, you're ready to buy you know, letting yourself kind of be timed by things. Um, there are different seasonal ups and downs you can kind of work on, but I always say like, okay, wait till the winter, there's less buyers, but there's also less sellers. So is it really helping you that much? Um, in the spring, there's a lot more sellers, but then there's also more buyers. So, um, you know, you can do some some small timing things um, and work on that. But overall, if you're waiting for years, if you're waiting for this giant market crash, you're waiting for this, you're waiting for that, um, you know, it, it, no one's been able to consistently predict that stuff. Very um, true. Very not true. Only people tell you it is extremely hard to predict that stuff. And if you're ready for a move and you want to live in a new place or you want an investment, I'd say make the move, um, make a smart decision. And in the long run, you're going to be, you're going to be happy for it. Yeah. Thank you for telling us about some of the latest trends that you're seeing in the marketplace. Uh, I, real quick, I always tell the story where my please. my father, um, you know, 1970 around there, 72, I, I forget the exact year, but he bought a house for $70,000. He thought at the time he should have paid 65. He, he felt he overpaid a little bit. Um, and he said he was really upset about it, lost some sleep over it. Today, he could sell that house for five, dollars $600,000 without even blinking an eye. And <laughs> To sit there and stress over that $5,000, maybe I should have waited, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should do this. Sure. But over, like I said, if you zoom out, um, you know, you can drive yourself crazy with those little things. But, you know, when you're ready to move, you're ready to have that house to, to build or or do whatever you want to do, um, just make the move and, and, you know, make a smart decision at the time, but you'll be okay. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Uh, are, are there any new technologies that you're utilizing now that has been new in your business in the last 12 months? Um, besides, I mean, besides using the CRM and the, and the follow-up boss, there isn't anything earth shattering. You know, every once in a while, I see these companies come out and they say, we're doing this, this great technology or we're using this or using that. Um, and in the end, it's the same thing. It's it's a person giving you advice. It's a person guiding you through this process. The technologies are always going to change, but the actual um, 
it's a relationship, you know, it's you're building a relationship with those buyers or sellers, and you're helping teaching them and guiding them through the process. Um, you know, one thing I do see a lot of people use with the chat GBT or the AI, you know, AI is a great buzzword right now. And, and I think AI is going to be a big part of our future. Right now, it's still rudimentary. They're still working out the kinks and, and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where that leads. And, and I'd love to learn more about it. Um, I will admit I've used you know, chat GBT to help me with write up a few uh, listing descriptions. But um, half the time I have to go back and edit it so much that it doesn't even look like the same thing anymore because they'll say, you know, say, oh, this spa-like retreat and I'm looking at a, a pedestal sink in, a, in an old bathtub, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, how can I get away with this stuff? So, you know, there are different things that people are using it for. Um, I think in the future, it will start to really guide a lot of our businesses everywhere. I mean, not just real estate, I'm talking all over the, the country. I think right now it's in the rudimentary phases, kind of like when the internet first started. And um, eventually it will be get improved and it will have a big change. Um, but I don't think it's yet. I, I think that's where, you know, five, 10 years from really seeing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have enjoyed um, ChatGPT as well. And I've found the same issues when you have to read what they write because yeah. sometimes it, it doesn't make sense, even though when you say do this for this month and date, so you think it's extracting the data on the internet for this month and date, and it would write something properly, it still doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. And it, it, like you said, rudimentary, it's early on. Just yeah. read through it, make the changes necessary, but it's a good, it gives you a good start at least. Yeah, it's, at it's least that's, yeah. that's the success I've had with it. Uh, <laughs> So what kind of goals do you have for yourself as we um, finish out the year? We're recording this in August of 2023. So yeah. as we get to the last four months of 2023 and begin 2024, do you have goals, specific goals for 2024 that you're working on right now um, for your business uh, and or for your team? So, I mean, my my goal going into this year was to do 10 million in production. Um, oh, I had that done by the end of May, <laughs> so <laughs> I needed to adjust it. So I said, okay, I'm going to do 15. I'm going to have 15 by the end of August. So we go up to 20. So the, the my goal is always moving. Um, but my goal, you know, for this year is going to be 20 million. It might be tough to, tough to do with the, the fall. Sometimes things slow down around the holidays, but it'll give me something to strive for. Um, and then to really help my team grow, you know, more, um, helping some of the other agents and, really helping with their different uh, events and activities that we're doing and and kind of giving back to, to them because they've, they've helped me a lot as well. And I, I really want that to be a, a two-way street. So I don't I don't know if I have an exact goal for that. I know our team goal is 100 million um, and, and we're on track for that. So that's a great thing to know, but to do whatever I can to help that team grow and, and you know, be the best it can be. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Now, I don't, I'm very cautious on how I ask this question because I always say is there's one secret that you think that has made you as successful today as you have become that I'm not asking you to give up your secret sauce. If you feel like you have a secret sauce, that's not my intent here. Um, my intent is to ask you that question because it could be simply like utilizing my CRM um, mm -hmm. and making sure that I'm doing X, Y, and Z. So I'm, I'm not asking you to give up any secret sauce, but do you feel as though what was been the secret to having you go from doing this part-time 
to then mm-hmm. taking a, a risk on yourself and coming out on the other side a year and a half later and having outrageously uh, l- large production and your best production um, in, in the last 10 years that you've been licensed. Mm-hmm. What would you accredit that to? Um, so I would accredit that to a, you know, a number of things, not just one thing, but um, being genuine, being you know, genuine with your clients, being genuine with your friends, family, all that stuff. Never force things, never try to jam it down their throat or anything, because people feel that immediately. Um, and it doesn't leave a good, good taste. So you want people to feel like you care about them. You have to generally care about them. You know, I care about every one of my clients and every every one of my um, you know, anyone I cross paths with. And because of that, they feel that and, and I think they're more likely to to recommend you and want to help you and, and things like that. Um, in addition, to that is to really take some chances. I mean, there was a lot of things I did this year. I was, you know, I'll be honest, I was trying a bunch of different tactics. I was sending out mailers one week. The next week I was doing a, I did a photos of Santa for, for my clients to come and get like free photos of Santa and doing different events. Um, and I was just kind of trying different things out to see what worked and what didn't work, what got me good feedback, um, what didn't. Now you, you can't just go crazy and do a million different things or you'll run out of money and time, but um, to kind of be open to trying different things using your relationships with your lenders and your title companies and other agents to, to really build that up and um, you know, not being afraid to try some things that are kind of different and kind of outside the box sometimes. Um, any excuse to, to communicate with people and to connect with them is gonna be, gonna be a good thing. Um, and I also had to learn to be you know, confident in myself and what I was doing. And, you know, first I was like, oh, I'm afraid to post on social media too often, or people are going to think I'm just all about real estate and all this stuff. And, um, but then I realized like, Hey, if I'm having success and I'm having fun and I'm being genuine about it, um, there's nothing wrong with it. And to not kind of, you know, get rid of that anxiety or that bashfulness. And, and I still struggle with, there's still times where I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I should say this or do this, or, you know, it's gonna be embarrassing to post this. Um, And then starting to realize like, hey, you know, these are people too. And we all have our, um, you know, our our own anxieties and and things we're thinking about. And to really just kind of overcome that and, and put yourself out there and be genuine. Like I said, be genuine in your posts, be genuine in the way you talk to people. Um, and now people will, will want to gravitate towards you. I love that. Thank you so very much for sharing that with us. I've, I've found that throughout the years, my children are grown now, but I got into the industry 25 years ago and I made a rule that I was going to do marketing based on what age my kids were doing and what my kids were into because it made my life easier. So right. I remember having breakfast with Santa. My sister was a volunteer fire hall, firefighter. We had it at the fire hall. My uh, ex-husband dressed up as Santa and we had a huge event and we had 200 people come. And as my kids got older, I stopped having breakfast with Santa, not because it wasn't super successful, because it simply didn't fit in the lifestyle as my children got older and didn't do things like that. So we stopped doing it. And it just it was worked for me is to do what my kids could do with me when they could do it. Uh, So then we would do, you know, we would do more of like feeding the hungry at the holiday times and do things like that, that I wanted my kids involved in. That made life very much easier for me. So I'm glad that you're finding what's working for you. And, um, you know, hopefully you have an opportunity to throw the kids in the mix because that makes it a lot of fun too, especially when they're 
itty bitty because now that they're big and like they're grown and they're on their own doing their own thing I kind of miss doing marketing things with them about the kid thing like a lot of the decisions I've made were because of my kids I mean I I changed careers so I could have more time with my kids um and even now you know when I'm deciding you know whether my energy should be put towards here or here I'm always thinking when can I see my kids when can I spend time with them when can I have a you know a weekend at the beach with them um because in the end that's what's really important and you know I talked about buying investment properties the reason I do that is so that I can have the financial freedom to be able to spend time with them to be able to you know um spend those weekends away or go on a vacation or, or you know if I can build those systems and have those the support of my other agents and my team um, to be able to do that. So everything comes back to that. I mean, in the end, spending time with my wife and my kids is is the most important thing to me. That is perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Matt, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't today? <laughs> well, um, no, I think I mean, I, I, we've had a great conversation and you know, I've enjoyed sharing a little bit about um, me and, and my successes over the last year and a half. And my advice to everyone is just, um, like I said, be confident, be genuine, um, use help. I mean, I'm, I'm all the time asking questions of other agents, asking help from um, different people in my brokerage or even people outside my brokerage is don't be afraid to ask help, um, be humble in that way, but um, be confident and genuine with your clients and and they're going to see that and they're going to, they're going to want to gravitate towards you. So um, thank you. Don't be afraid to try some new things. Whether they work or not, you'll still learn some stuff. You know, I've never, there's never been a, a product or an activity that I've tried that I've regretted. Um, there's right. some things, like, well, that didn't work as well as I thought it would be. Or we didn't get the uh, the amount of people I thought we would. Um, but it was still fun trying and, and trying something new. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on today and, and sharing with us. I do appreciate that. And those of you that are interested in speaking with Matt, you can uh, reach him. Matt, you want to give out your contact information? Yeah, um, best way would probably be text or email. Uh, my email is mattmindell at elitepartnersre, R-E stands for real estate, dot com. Um, so elite partner, or sorry, mattmindell at elitepartnersre.com is my email. Or you can reach me um, via text 410-428-6138. Um, and you know, we can, we can chat. I'm always open to uh, teaching other agents. Um, I have a couple of mentees under me that I work with that I'm kind of teaching the ropes. Um, just something I've always enjoyed doing. So don't be afraid whether you're part of my brokerage or my team or not. I'm always, always there to help people. Thank you so much for reaching out and speaking with us, Matt. Thank you for joining the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. We'd like to ask you two favors. Number one, forward this podcast to three of your favorite realtor friends. They'll thank you for it, and I'll thank you for it, too. Number two, we'd love reviews. It helps get the word out. 